Mike is sending around a sign-up sheet, um, no advertising, no appeals for money, but um, we are creating a Dropbox where PDFs of all the PowerPoints will be uploaded, and at some point the audio from these courses will also be uploaded there. So, and we'll leave them up there for some period of time. Um, <coughs> I tried to upload all your names from last week, and I think I'm Dropbox challenged because I can't figure out how to just do it all at once. It's like type in one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably need the professional Dropbox version, yes. So if one of you actually knows the answer to that question, um, I will buy you uh, a Chick-fil-A. <coughs> um, come in. Not today, though. For sure. And I have. How many of you have done that? You've gone through the drive-thru and said, wow, it's not crowded. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Um, what I really, uh, among other things I love about Chick-fil-A is that, so I'm uh, ex-military, retired military, uh, many years in the reserves, and uh, they give you 50% off at Chick-fil-A. So I can get two sandwiches for $3.50. I mean, I could just about live next door and eat there every day and retire, you know. It's when, when are we going? When are, yeah. I'm trying to get them to do the sous vide chicken. If they would do that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you will. Okay. Um, I know, you're all going to have to look it up. And it's a French word, so it's not spelled like you think. It's not like Sioux Indian or Sioux, the country western object of all those songs. No, it's not, it's not either one. Okay, we are going to um, pick up where we left off. Um, Uh-oh, I hope I put the right PowerPoint up here. Let me just make absolutely sure, because I thought I changed that to 11 weeks. Yep, it is, it's, a, it's the right one, oh good. Okay, um, it'll only be 11 weeks unless we go an extra week. Um, come in, there's plenty of room in the spit zone right down front for you. When do you guys leave to, to Gay Paris? How soon? Like, these guys are setting up a free drop in spot in Paris yes. for everyone from Otter Creek. So just <laughs> get their, get, yeah, yeah, get their address. Um, we are talking, we have been talking for four years, no, two years, but four semesters about the Holy Spirit and about walking in the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, I like better than walking in the Spirit. Um, I'm not going to say his name right, but Jean-Paul Sartre, 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 yes, one of you guys is going to give away your philosophy major here in just a second. Um, he was asked if he believed in God one day, and he said no. After the shock, he said, I don't believe in him, I know him. I thought that was brilliant. Do you believe in your wife? You know, you kind of say yes, or, you know, but really you know them. It's not like, I don't have to say I believe in them because I, I know them. It's not a question of belief, it's a question of experience. And that's really what we're looking for in this class, is to, is to change a belief system where we may sense we experience God, we hope to and we want to more, to this place where in him we live and move and have our being, where as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. 
even though he's not human and his first language is in English, yet he knows we are human and our first language might be English. And he knows how to connect with us. He knows how to talk with us. He knows how to lead us. He knows um, that we're but dust. And um, he made a decision to live in us, even though we're sort of a low-rent district apartment. Um, he, he lives inside of us. And out of that place, he speaks to us, he communes with us. Um, he doesn't have better choices than knuckleheads, and so we're it. Um, and so he decided that uh, it was just Jesus on the earth, and now it's 600 million people filled with the Spirit of God speaking the words of Jesus all over the earth. Satan made a huge mistake when he crucified Christ. I mean, a huge mistake because now we multiplied worse than rabbits. You know, we're everywhere now. And as long as we're listening to the voice of Jesus coming through the Holy Spirit, connecting, we can say the things that Jesus would say in any situation, do the things that Jesus would do. Um, and so it's kind of crazy. Um, I wanted to make uh, some tentative conclusions from last time. And I'm hoping this isn't your first time here, but we're gonna go really fast if it is. Um, we realize that being born of the Spirit couldn't happen till Jesus uh, rose again. There was no possibility of that. But once he rose again, then we can be born of the Spirit. So Jesus breathed into his disciples. He sees them the first time, and it says he, he breathes the Spirit into them. They're like, whoa, what was that? Okay, we also know that being empowered by the Spirit, the Spirit per Spirit. The spirit poured, that spirit poured out in brief talk. The spirit couldn't have happened until um, Jesus ascended. And so Peter says in Acts 3, look, let, let everyone know he's now Lord and King. Therefore, he's poured forth what you both see and hear. This promise is for you and for everyone. And so there's this little argument that goes on in the church. Well, is it two things or one thing? And is it a second act of grace? It's like it's the Holy Spirit. You don't get part A and part B. We get the Holy Spirit when we're born again. So these things are an artifice of history. We're in a transition period, and so we see the Holy Spirit happening. But as we go on into the early church, you receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again. And, and just like when you're married, you're married. But anybody who's been married more than 10 minutes knows that grows and grows and changes and matures. And you, you, you what? You never told me that, you know, and, and it's the same way in any relationship, and it's the same way with our relationship with God. All of a sudden, one day, it seems there's something that seems totally new. Wait, you do that? Whoa, right? And so we might say, gee, I feel like I just came into the newness of the Spirit, and His promises are new, and He's new every morning. But it's the same Holy Spirit who is growing us up and changing inside of us and conforming us and transforming us, okay? And so, all the Holy Spirit, all the time. Um, there's an inward focus work of the Spirit for transformation of us, and there's an outward focus work. And so the Holy Spirit works to me, and he works through me. And both of those things are true. So, um, you can be in a situation where you normally would be irritated and lose your temper, but the Holy Spirit, I know that only happens to me, but the Holy Spirit works to you to go, wait, that's not who I am. 
hmm, Romans 6 is true, that person died, I'm a new creation. Then he works through you to speak something into the situation that isn't irritation, but it is a word, we might call it prophecy, or we might just call it really cool stuff that God says, and, and suddenly the situation is transformed. Okay, so the inward and the outward work partner with us in day-to-day stuff. So in me, he does these kinds of things, and, and every one of those you could, you could attach a verse to, okay? He discloses what is to come, not just like the end times, but maybe next week. You're on a business trip, and all of a sudden you have a sense of, get ready for this, or you should read this, or call your office, you know, and you kind of get it, oh, okay, and you just, you kind of learn to follow those nudges, and some of them seem like dry wells, and some of them seem like, I hit Peter. This is crazy. Okay, this is crazy. Uh, and through me, he empowers me uh, not just to be a witness, but he empowers me to be a member of the body. Remember, it says when we speak the truth, what causes the body to grow in Ephesians 4 is speaking the truth and love to each other. And there's no better truth than the truth and the way and the life. And so when we, as Josh said today in his sermon, and you'll get a little preview, but, but he said actual friends really know how to, how to um, what did he say, the two things? Challenge and celebrate us. And so the Holy Spirit can teach us how to challenge and celebrate. I have really good ideas, but the Holy Spirit has transformative ideas. I have words that are pretty cool, but the Holy Spirit has words of life. And so we then become carriers of this infectious ability of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I want us to get this. This is the book of Romans, okay? I have forgiveness of sins because Jesus died on the cross. It's mine. The way I receive forgiveness of sins is to say, I believe you, can I have it? Okay? It's as simple as that. We can make it a down front thing, a Billy Graham. We can make it any sort of a thing, but it's, it's thank you, Jesus. I, I receive forgiveness of all my sins. Whew, that feels, wow, what was that? Okay, we have a new life because Jesus has a new life. So Romans 6 says, I was crucified with Christ. Do you not know that everyone who's crucified with Christ is buried with him and is risen? It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, and so I have, I have this new life. And it's not just a metaphorical new life, it's an actual new life. If you, were, if you could get a, an MRI that went through your body, soul, and spirit, the before and after picture would look radically different. Okay, it's like, whoa, now I have a born-again spirit. What? There used to be n- nothing coming into my brain from this side. Now a lot is coming in. What is that? Ooh, I have a born-again spirit. Okay, how do I learn to walk in that? The mindset on that is life and peace. The mindset on the flesh is death, Romans 8. Okay, the other thing then is that I have a right to the fullness of the spirit because Jesus ascended. So it's all Jesus all the time. And so just like in this one, I say, thank you, I believe it. And I receive it, and then over the course of my life, I grow into it more and more. I go, oh, that's part of that too? Oh, it's like I have a, a, a Toyota truck, 
And I, I discovered last week, after owning it for seven years, that there's a reset button under the steering wheel to reset the, uh, the, car, the tire pressure warning light. Look, I'm like an engineer. I should know every button. I had no idea that button was even in my truck. And this young guy says, oh, yeah, Miss Reese is right. And the light goes off. And I'm like, that light's been on for two years. Cool. Okay, and so, so we're like that here. It's like, whoa, wait, I don't have to wake up guilty every morning even if I sin? Why did I get told that? You know, I get the reset button on my conscience. Wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, so all of these things come through Christ. It's all Jesus all the time. So this right to the fullness of the Holy Spirit isn't because you tarry. It's not because someone laid hands on you. All of those things might be good, but if you're tarry, why not tarry in Jerusalem to be really biblical? Okay, it's not because of, of anything other than the finished work of Christ. Sometimes a brand new believer gets here ahead of us because he doesn't have all the baggage to, to dig through. It's like, oh, that's mine too? Heck yeah. You know, and it's like, whoa, wait, you're so spoiled. You know, it's, and, and so all of these things happen because of Christ. Every single one of them happened because of Christ. And so I can just simply say yes again and again and again. And so Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith, will bring up new things in each of these areas from time to time. And our job is to be alert and listening in partnership with this friend and go, yes. When he says, when you get a sense of something new, you go, okay, I'm starting with yes. What does that mean? And we can ask um, simple open-ended questions, right? Like what? Yeah, exactly. Would it, Jesus, would it be okay if, or Jesus, is there anything you want to show me about? Let's say you just get the sudden impression of, of his grace is greater than you think, and you go, Jesus, is there anything you want to show me about this problem with porn? Because it's, it's eaten my lunch. Is there anything you want to show me? And all of a sudden, you're going on a walk with Jesus through truth. And at the end of it, you go, I need to preach that. Nobody else has ever heard that before. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it's new every morning. And so in the same way, every area of our life, we can interact with Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. They all live in us. It's kind of crowded when you go to the store. You know? Yeah, Mike? Just remind everybody how the Holy Spirit can connect those different ways, the senses, the memory, the, the different things that if they weren't here mm-hmm. for those lessons, that kind of helps yep. make it plausible. Yeah, so how does Holy Spirit, God, through Holy Spirit typically talk to us? Well, a memory, a picture, a sudden thought, a scripture will pop up. I'm reading scripture and all of a sudden something has sauce on it. We say, whoa, this is like sriracha sauce. Okay, and so, uh, and so, and so all of these different channels. So, so God can take a bird flying across your yard and you're looking at it and all of a sudden, you get this pay attention and something happens, okay? So I was eating um, my first tomato of the year, came out, so I grabbed it, picked basil from my garden, I baked bread that morning, ground the wheat, okay, just saying. <laughs> Honey from my beehive, 
and, and, I, and I made the perfect breakfast with tomato, basil, honey from my beehive. And, and then I'm starting, I take like my first bite, and all of a sudden I get this, hmm. And God starts to speak to me about, oh, stop it. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. God starts to speak to me about that his promises are new every morning too. There's nothing stale about God. There's nothing sort of old hat, nothing yesterday. Even when he says something you heard a hundred times, that morning it's absolutely fresh and new again. And so he just, come on in. And so, um, and so he's, he spoke to me about that, and I'm sitting there having breakfast and crying. <laughs> okay, something wrong with you? No, something's right with me. It's just so happy, such a good thing. Thanks, thanks Mike. Um, so... Um, my part of this three-volume set, so this is a three-volume set, and if I only got one or two volumes, they're at the store still. They're, they're yours. They're bought and paid for by Christ. So if you only got the new life, sins forgiven, but you didn't get the Holy Spirit part of the three-volume, go back. It's at the store. It's yours. Okay, it's all yours. So there are some Holy Spirit roles, and I'm just going to pop these up. Um, <coughs> So we talked about each of these, and, and you can look at them and say, okay, um, he can lead us at, at every place, at every moment. He gifts us, and this is where we're going to focus going forward now. Um, but there are many, many roles of the Holy Spirit inside of us, okay? And so um, he, he, ex he anticipates that this sense of, in him we live and move and have our being is our experience. We're just supposed to be kind of weird people. Uh, not, not weird in a bad sense, but weird in a... I'm kind of always listening to another conversation. It's like when I was a kid, I went to a, uh, to a Vikings game. I was a Minnesotan. Vikings lost every game, like the first two years. And so they're losing again. But somewhere in the middle of the third quarter, everybody's cheering. And I'm like... What are they cheering for? And, and you could see they had transistor radios. I know. They had little transistor radios, this cool new thing. And, and my dad said, oh, the Twins just won the American League championship. And see, they were in a different game, everybody who had the transistors. I was in the Vikings game where we were just getting killed. Fran Tarkington was not doing his thing, okay? But they were in a different game where we were winning. And that's what this life in the Holy Spirit is. It's kind of like I can be in the midst, like, like the sermon, Paul, I can be in the midst of prison, yet I'm actually in a different game where we're winning. See, if you look at Philippians, the very end of Philippians, Paul says a really weird thing. He says, this, he says the saints in Caesar's household greet you. Now, how do you think there got to be saints in Caesar's household? Because the guards who were chained to Paul, rotated through Caesar's household. And Paul said, look, the whole Praetorian guard knows of Jesus. Now they're in Caesar's household on rotation, and they're talking about this guy in Jesus. Paul preached to Caesar's household, never going there, but just being in chains in prison. And you go, whoa, okay. Good job, Holy Spirit. Okay. <clears throat> The Holy, okay, so this one is really key, and this is going to come up again and again and again, and I want you to think about this. 
The Holy Spirit, in essence, has sort of three balancing parts. And here, and here is uh, Paul talking to Timothy, and the context is spiritual gifts. And he says, look, I want you to kindle afresh the spiritual gift, the charisma, that came to you through the laying out of my hands. Remember, we were in the transition time. And so something in Timothy, he was neglecting the gift inside of him. He was neglecting to walk in the spirit. He was neglecting the place of the call in his life. And Paul said, no, you can stir it up. You can stir it up. It can go dormant in you, but you can stir it up. And he says, look, stir it up. God has not given us a spirit of fear, which is why he wasn't stirring it up, because it was a lot easier to operate in your head because your soul has a sure return, right? You can figure stuff out and you can preach three points that all start with P, and it's a sure thing. It's just not a glorious thing. It doesn't have that much upside potential, not as much as Holy Spirit does. And he says, look, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a controlled sound mind or, or, or a a very disciplined, a, a disciplined way of thinking about things. So if you think about your life, yeah, please, please don't. If you think about your, so this is dunamis, power, agape, love, uh, sophronismos, which is, sophron is like thought or, or thinking. So it's the, the ability to think really well, to really figure things out, to really be didactic and exegetic, okay? It's that kind of thing. Where did those words go? Anyway, so, um, so each of us look through life through a lens, that, a spiritual life, that through a lens that has a tripod with three legs. What would your church look like and your spiritual life look like if this leg was long and the other two were kind of short. Right, well, let's, let's, do a, let's do a little test. So here I am looking at Josh's preaching through the tripod that I stand on, and, and I may think he kind of is light, right, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, why? And it might not be because he is, it might be because I am. Because we see the world as we are, not as it is. Okay? Or in the same way, you might be looking at it and you might go, well, no, I think he's kind of balanced that way. I mean, I think he's kind of... So when you, when you think about your life and your walk in the Holy Spirit or churches, what would a church look like that's, that's very, very sound mind Love is okay. Power, nah. We're not there. Okay? What's that? Legalistic. Yeah, it might be legalistic. Okay, now let's kick love in. It's really sound mind, really great with scripture, really loving. Not much Holy Spirit power. It's social hour. Yeah, it might be social hour uh, with really good Bible studies. Um, <clears throat> Right. What would a church look like that's got a really long power leg? We're all about the power of the Holy Spirit. Love leg kind of short. Bible study kind of short. So they walk around like this, right? What might that look like? I know you're all thinking Pentecostal, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I caught you. Yeah, yeah, you're all thinking. See, <clears throat> oh, you might be right. And they might be thinking you. 
when we when we talk about a church that's got great love and great and great scripture those two legs but the power leg the power of the holy spirit legs not that long so we walk around like this and we think that this is truth right and if i run into somebody who walks around like this i go they are so off that church is i, I mean those people that country uh we we look like this and they look like this god's intention is that we have three legs that are the same length it doesn't matter how long they are he can grow us up right and so what is going to happen when we talk about the gifts just like we talk about the holy spirit is you will be challenged about what those look like in your life okay because we were all raised a certain way and none of us i don't think is fully balanced we're just not and so God will do some remedial growing up in all of our lives in different ways. And, and, that's, and that's not a thing to go, oh, I'm such an idiot, um, or you're such an idiot, right? But it's a, it's a thing to go, all of us are taking notes on the Holy Spirit. We all are. And this balance is not a, it's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. Because I can encounter a situation and I can think it through, love it through, and power it through all at the same time. And the Holy Spirit can bring those things to bear. And it's crazy good when it happens. Right? There was a guy named Derek Prince, who some of you might know. <clears throat> and he would, he would um, I watched him do this. He would do a, an incredible teaching on the demonic. He would quote the Hebrew in Hebrew. He would quote the Greek in Greek. He would then show how the Aramaic was slightly different, and then he would deliver everybody in the room. <laughs> Just like, okay. So, so he had like three super long legs, and he did everything in a loving way. And it's wonderful to watch a guy teach the Word of God, then demonstrate it. It says, Jesus began to do and to teach with his disciples. Do and then teach. Do give an account for the faith that's within you. I sometimes think that, that, that when we demonstrate love and power, then people want to know the third leg. But if all we come is with the third leg, it's like, yeah, well, it's been great, uh, got to go, right? But when they, when they see a demonstration, because love, love hits a place inside of us, hits our right brains, power just wakes us up, and then our left brains need some explanation of it so that we can anchor it. And so it's great. It's great how the Holy Spirit has those three parts. And so in your own life, just um, you can just ask Jesus, Jesus, is there anything you want to show me about those three legs in my life? Right? So we're going to just do that now in eight seconds. So close your eyes. And just say, Jesus, is there anything you want to show me about those three legs? Okay. <laughs> that happened last week too, didn't it? <laughs> Siri, is that you or Holy Spirit? 
Does anybody want to share any, you don't have to, this isn't a, we never embarrass anybody or make anybody talk till later. Um, <laughs> does anybody want to share anything that just popped up in, the, in their mind? Yes. When you very first put the scripture up there, actually what I just heard was, I already told you. I <laughs> <laughs> already told you. Yeah, I already told you. The love and the sound mind clicked right away. Power, I was like, ooh. So yeah, like, yeah. pay attention there. Good, pay attention to that other one. Yeah. 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 Anybody else? Say, any thought pop up? Um. <clears throat> I, I would guess for half of you a thought did pop up. And part of what we do with Holy Spirit is to pay attention to those thoughts. <clears throat> when we ask a really good father a direct question and we really want to know, he will answer us, he will stop everything and give us something. God is a better father than that. There is a a uh, demonically inspired um, way of thinking about God that says he's mysterious and you have to wait on him forever and he's pretty busy with North Korea right now. And that's just not true. That's just not true. Um, he loves us with a desperate love because he knows who we are. He sees the strategy against us and he he wants to live with us forever in a comfortable way. So, so he's really vested in us. So continue to ask him questions that, that are simple questions like that. Then just listen. Jot, jot it down. Think about it. Say, is there more that I should know about this? And watch it unfold. I remember a person we did that with, and she came back and she said, okay, I'm 15 pages in in my, in my diary conversation with Holy Spirit about this. And I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay. Um, in closing, um, I want us to, and then next week we're going to dive in. Okay, so this is your last chance to bail out or, or get yourself prepared because it's going to be a challenge. I, I'll guarantee it'll challenge you as we keep going. There'll be some things you go, that seems crazy. Okay. Um, have I misunderstood or even denied the Holy Spirit? Um, this is an interesting verse. It says, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, where he's giving instruction on tongues and prophecy and all that. And he says, look, if therefore the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues, and an uninstructed man or an unbeliever enter, won't they say you're crazy? Okay, now... This word uninstructed is the word idiotos, which we got idiot, but that's not what it really means. It means, it means a believer who just doesn't know about these things. Right. A believer, a born-again person who goes, I've never heard about this stuff. And you will look like an unbeliever in that area. <laughs> okay? And he says, look... All of us are sort of this in some way. All of us are. And the point isn't to keep an open mind. The point is to keep a mind open to the Lord. Right? Because there's lots of false stuff out there, too. There's lots of showy stuff. And there's also lots of mixture. 
But if I say, Lord, I want what you have for me. I'm not afraid. You can protect me. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to shut myself up because I'm afraid I'll be deceived. You are more able to bring truth and to protect me from deception than Satan is to overrule you and deceive me. My only job is to make my heart right. God, I want what you have for me. And I trust you. You began a good work in me. You will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I trust you. So Jesus, these legs. Right? So, so Jesus, these legs. And we get to, we get to know it. It says, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of another they will not follow. Okay? As you do that, the voice of God just becomes, you go, oh, of course. Of co- oh, it's, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. That, that's him. That's, and we, we, we get used to it, and we become instructed. So this, this is a bad translation. I should have used a different one. Because it doesn't mean instructed as in taught. It means instructed as in led, as in experienced, as in the three legs of the Holy Spirit coming to bear on something. So I've experienced it, power. I, I, I've been surrounded by people and God's love, so I feel safe. And I can put my finger on chapter and verse where this is true. <coughs> Sound mind. I've thought this through. It's not going to be crazy. <clears throat> so is that me? What am I missing with respect to the Holy Spirit? Where have I not been instructed? The other question is, how does my culture influence my belief and my ability to receive? So here is, a, is an interesting verse. This is Jesus in his hometown. And look at, look at the outcome of his preaching. Jesus, Son of God, Lord of the universe, could not do, the word is a donato, without power. Jesus Christ was without power in his hometown to work miracles. He wanted to. He tried. He only healed a few sick people. For him, that's like, for us, that would be, whoa! For Jesus, like, yeah, a couple of colds. A stub toe. Right? And it says he marveled at their unbelief. <clears throat> if I live in a culture of unbelief, it is harder to overcome. I have to create a mini culture of belief within me and my relationships. <clears throat> not judge, not get mad and leave, not say I'm ahead of you, just say I'm called to this. I, I, I want to grow in this way in God. And somebody else is growing in different ways in God. Okay? But this is the way I'm growing. But a culture of unbelief is like a battering ram against what you beat your head. <clears throat> but you don't have to change the whole culture of unbelief. You just change your internal culture. Okay? God's not going to make you give an account for everybody around you, just you. Okay? Second verse. Whoop. Um, so this is Galatians, and he says, look, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by self-effort? In other words, the same way that the Holy Spirit comes, Paul is saying, don't give up on this, on this simple belief approach. God, I believe you. I don't, I, don't have to be, I don't have to figure everything out. There's, there will be a time in your growth in the Spirit where you will desperately want to take the steering wheel and 
and just stop. Because there will be things challenged in you that will be unassailable, you'll think. But that's me. Well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it just looks like me, feels like me, but it's been bolted on me and it can be unbolted. Huh. And you're not denying your family. You're not denying your heritage. You're just saying yes to Christ and letting him sort things out. Okay, that's all, you, that's all we're doing. We're just saying yes to him and letting him sort things out. And this last verse <clears throat> um, is interesting because he says, look, don't quench the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophetic utterance. Why would Paul have to say that? Because there might be some things to despise in prophetic. Uh, there might be some well-meaning people who are immature or the three legs aren't very well balanced. And so the love leg, and they, they do a thus saith the Lord in your face kind of a thing. Or you might be that person who does that. And it's immaturity and some flesh. But Paul doesn't say throw everything out. Because when you throw everything out, you throw the Holy Spirit out too. So he says, look, don't despise. Despise is a condition of my heart, which is judgmental and belittling. And he says, don't do that. No matter how crazy it gets on the outside, on the inside, be calm. On the inside, examine things carefully with the leg of the Holy Spirit, that's a sound mind, and hold fast to that which is good. Remember, Paul says, we all know in part, we all prophesy in part, we all, okay? None of us, especially as we together or individually begin to grow and try out these things, we're never going to get it 100%. We're not Old Testament prophets where if you didn't get it right, you got stoned, right? Now, this is the law. Examine carefully, hold fast to that which is good. It doesn't even say about the rest of it, right? It's like you get a hamburger and there's a wrapper and a pickle you don't like. You take what is good and you throw the rest in the trash. And that's, that's what this is. Hold fast to that which is good. So we're going to talk about, some weeks hence, what the prophetic is. And you will all be taught to prophesy. Dump, dump, dump. I'm going to find another class. <laughs> And it will not be weird because we have three legs on this Holy Spirit, on this thing that we look through. And you're going to go, I do that already. Oh, I just need to call it what it is. Then I can grow in it because now I can cooperate more fully rather than accidentally. Huh. Cool. Right. And so that, that's how we're going to proceed with all of this stuff. Oh, I could. Yeah, John. Yeah. What do you I think keep going? The devil certainly is trying. He's trying. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I can feel it sometimes. The temptation right there. Yeah. And I actually say, Satan, get behind you. I mean, right yeah. there. So I, I have to be careful that I'm not saying, yeah, that's from God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, stuff from the devil always appeals to your baser. Uh, in your baser self. It either appeals to your lusts or it appeals to your dysfunctional needs that you want filled outside of God. Yeah. 
It, it always, you can tell the two voices because one comes up and it's peaceful, it's gentle, it's loving, it's scriptural. The other one is like coming from the outside and it's just got mixture in it. Hath God really said? You know, God doesn't want you to be like him. Right? Really? Really? Say you are. And off you go. Okay? Um, yeah. Good things. Options uh-huh. are, are just seeking a, a good way of maybe discipline our child or something like that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's not like we're going to, it doesn't seem like we're going to. It's not like life or death, right? Yeah. Between like, you know, writing something 10, 25 times and, I don't know, yeah. locking her in the cold or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, child services, hello. <laughs> And congratulations on your two new children. You just got twins, right? Yeah. Adoption. When did it happen? This week? Yes. Oh, that is so good. They, they are like superstars in my, in my book. Um, yes, there is a verse, and I'm trying to dredge it up, that talks about better and best. That talks about choose the best. Um, but the deal is, if... If I go, Lord, I want to do whatever you say. We've sought you, and it's time to make a decision. We're going to make a decision. God goes, me too. It's like, my favorite one is, should I marry the girl? I, I feel like I should. I, I feel like it's right. And, and, and God, I prayed, I prayed, and I, I, I've just got to make a decision. I'm going to go. And God says, you know, when you say I do, I say I do too. In other words, God can make it the right decision because even if you take a step this way but the real direction is that way, he'll open a door right here to start to turn you. Okay? He will. And sometimes the decision looks hard because transformation will happen. Sometimes I don't get an answer because I have to be in a different place before I can hear the answer and appreciate it. Right? Somebody else just had a question. No? Okay. Anybody else have thoughts on that? No? Is there, is there a time, though, when, not the closet, but is there a time where either answer's fine and the Spirit's like, just go with it? It's not a right or wrong or even yeah. better bet. Might be. Yeah, I was just going to say the Acts, you always reference. It seems good it to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to, yeah. to go. Yeah, I, I think God doesn't want us to always be going, am I okay now? Am I, am I okay? He doesn't want us to walk that way. He's always here, not there. Although you'll hear the voice of the teacher behind you when you just turn to the right or the left. But he wants us just to walk with confidence but not arrogance. Right? It's, just, it's a heart issue more than anything. He can take a good heart that's not very smart and do anything. But he can't take a brilliant genius with a bad heart and do anything. Right, so it's really we we give an account of our heart. I think the thing that keeps jumping out at me as you're talking is the the role of like community in 
and yeah, community. accelerating all of these things or impacting all the things that you're talking about. Because when you talk about the power of the spirit, and you talk about yeah. love, and you talk about uh, sound mind, the role that, that relationships can play in, in amplifying yeah. all of those things and, and growing it throughout life. I think I, I, as a person, only have so far that I think I can go. Yeah. But when I talk about all that stuff and live it out with Aaron, well, then all of a sudden, my, those legs can, can grow in different ways uh-huh. and, and different heights and different power and different... Yeah. Energy. I mean, that's, and, that's and Ephesians 4. So church, right? I mean, like church community. Is, is yeah. Grow together, help to, to discern, like for decisions or for everything, like all the different ways that uh-huh. community can amplify. Yeah. Different. Being good for each other is, yeah. is critical. Accepting each other's failures and picking each other up is critical to growing together. God, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. There's just a perfect body. Right, Mike? Uh, that's the thing I want to challenge us on as we go through all this together um, is how do we live this out more in community? Because for, for me, a lot of my life, it's been more of an individual journey that I just sort of participated with people here and there either in a small group or in worship or in a Bible class. But, I mean, I, I think what he's talking about is, no, no, th- you're walking life together. And I'm not saying that this class has to do everything together, but I'm just saying I think there's, there's more to it in that, in that that we need to really emphasize the community part. But that's the only way we're going to get it as a yeah. group. Well, I don't believe any of us can grow spiritually ourselves right right and one of the problems of the charismatic movement was that the people who felt that way gathered together got into a group and became rancid they they fermented you know rather the new wine kind of got fermented and then they would leave the church or cause (laughs) a church split that is not who we are, and that's not what we do. Yet we still can find a way to support, love each other, be encouraging. We don't know how that will appear yet. Um, we just don't know. And and it's 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 sort of it's not like this is the thing, and everybody else is doing other stuff. There's a social justice component of this church that I want to be a part of. Dwayne and my wife, and you know, I want to be a part of that. That we don't just do this for us. We do this because of the stuff on the final exam. Right? When I was in prison, you visited me. These gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the purpose of carrying out the work of God among us. They're not power tools. We go into our garage and go, hear that song. Okay, got to go. Leave it in the garage and leave. If we don't build anything with this power, we are in deep, serious yogurt. Yeah, last, last comment. Thank you. New life, Dad yeah. Rose and you had showed that in the class a couple months ago, too. And something that resonated with me then is I kind of see a fourth of he's coming back. Yeah. And so, as a community, we have to remind ourselves, each other, that he's coming back. Yeah. And the fun thing is, as we think about this, that. Maybe it'll be so loving, powerful, and sound-minded that he's just going to come in 
amongst what's already happening. You yeah. Know, like, like, I know it's going to be like supposed to be trumpets and loud and all that stuff, but that's what we're supposed to be doing. Trumpets and loud right. and not sad and depressed and dwelling. Yeah. You know, like, like communion. I always think about communion in First Corinthians 11, 20, I can't read, 26. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he until comes. he comes, yeah. And it's the whole challenging and celebrating. I haven't heard the sermon yet, but like challenging and celebrating. Yeah. this is what it's all about until he comes. Yeah. No, you guys have been preaching the sermon this morning already, so yeah. you could just skip church if you want to, <laughs> and and move on. Okay. La- now the last comment. Uh, if you're still struggling <coughs> from our Church of Christ tradition and you're wondering how we got to where we are, Leonard Allen has just released a book called Poured Out. And he does a great job of helping you to see why we believe what we believe and how we've gotten to this point. It's an excellent book. So uh, if you're still sort of wrestling with the Holy Spirit idea, he'll, he'll give you a really good framework. So think about that. Okay, so last statement I want to say again and again, and before God I want to say it to you, this is not a better than. It's not even a different than. It's just we want everything that God has for us. And right now, we're at this part of the smorgasbord called Holy Spirit. Okay? That's all. We're just after that part of the finished work of Christ. Okay. Thank you. Bless you.